This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 200. We have arrived at this very exciting milestone and I want to thank every single one of you, new listeners, listeners who've been here for ages, uh, for tuning in today and to all the episodes that you will in the future or you have in the past with a special thank you to people who have left reviews online, either on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to the show, uh, as well as people who have joined us in the Lotox Club. It's been wonderful to look at immunity as our deep dive subject this month in the club. Uh, We always have a stack of things going on there. It's beautiful, supportive conversations, 50% off all of our e-courses and a whole bunch more perks. And that is only $49 for the whole year. And that's Australian. So if you're European uh, or American, you're looking more at the 29.30 euro or USD mark. So a really teensy tiny little contribution to the work we do to be able to allow you to do your incredible work in advancing your low-tox life and bringing it to life in a supportive, safe and non-judgmental environment, which is extremely important to me and one of my biggest values, that peaceful aspect to change uh, rather than people being guilted into or shamed into change. It never sticks. It never feels good. And it's one of the reasons that I started this community and business because I really felt like people needed the information, but we needed to also know that however we carved that path for ourselves, Uh, we would be supported that way. And as long as we're all doing better than yesterday, a little bit each week, each month, each year, uh, as a collective, we then create huge amounts of change. And that is what matters. Not being perfect uh, or not doing it someone else's way in their order of priorities, because that never ends up feeling intrinsically true to uh, us and uh, and it doesn't light you up the same way as when you decided to act uh, and you really connected deeply with a piece of information to the point of taking action. So uh, you can always join the club. Uh, I will pop the details in the show notes, but the easiest way to find it is to hop onto lotoxlife.com and there you will see the word explore as one of the tabs going across the homepage. When you click on that, the very first option is join the club. So I'd love to see you there in this coming year. Uh, now for show number 200, I'm actually answering a few FAQs today. So it was just me. And I thought I would start by sharing a few highlights from things that I have learned or, uh, guests that have impacted not just me, but you guys from the feedback that I've gotten, uh, over the past hundred shows. Uh, I, if I went back 200 shows, I think we would be here for a very long time, but I just wanted to share a few highlights, which I thought would be especially useful in this busy world where we sometimes miss shows and we think, uh, I just don't have time for podcasts at the moment. I wanted to share a few that were really 
big, standout, exciting conversations across all pillars of leading a low-tox life, food, body, home, mind, and planet. Uh, But then I asked on Instagram stories last week what top questions people had that they wanted me to answer. And there were some really basic ones on there, which I loved because it shows me that people are joining this community all the time, have no idea about anything yet, and are literally just becoming curious about what they're putting on their skin, what you're putting in your mouth, how that affects your health and the planet on which we live and in, of which we are a huge part. Uh, and, um, and that excites me and it reminds me that we always need to think about the people who are just starting out. And uh, while many people might be much further along in the journey, we need to nurture you guys who are just starting out so you feel comfortable and you feel like you can put up your hand and ask these questions. So I'm really looking forward to hooking into those questions in a little second. Now, I want to make a a huge thank you out to Melanie Horsnell, who is the gifted independent Australian artist who uh, is responsible for writing our tune uh, that you hear at the beginning of the show. It's one of my favourite songs uh, and it's uh, from one of her beautiful albums. And you can go and connect to Melanie's work, melaniehorsnell.com.au. And uh, you can also buy her uh, albums. They're only like 10 bucks each from, I think it's called Bandcamp. I'm actually going to just Google that right now while you guys are with me so that I don't give you the wrong information because I think our independent artists need our support more than ever and I take great pleasure in listening to that show every week, uh, that tune every week uh, as I listen back to my show and uh, and proof it and, uh, and it's uh, so important that we remember that there is someone pouring their creative heart out at the end of the music that we choose to listen to in our daily lives. And a a question to ask ourselves is, when was the last time I supported an artist directly? We used to be able to buy CDs. We normally could go to a gig and support them with a merch or a CD purchase right there at the gig. Uh, and right now, both of those things don't really happen. And it's so important for us to remember that the music, the joy that music brings us every day deserves, uh, for the people who produce that to, uh, be able to support themselves. And of course, to have the creative headspace to keep creating for us. So I love Mel and I actually had a brief foray into being a singer songwriter myself in my mid twenties. And um, I was on the pub circuit with a few incredible artists like uh, Lior before he got his big break and, and, and became super famous. He's a good uni friend, actually. Such a lovely guy. Uh, Wes Carr, who many of you would know as well. Uh, and some really amazing people, stalwarts of the music scene in Australia, Paul Green as well. And I'm always humbled by that experience, uh, knowing how hard it is to make it as an artist. I certainly wasn't brave enough to go the distance, 
uh, yet many, many are. And, uh, and uh, it's kind of like having been in hospitality uh, for uh, nearly a decade as I was, uh, I would never consider not leaving a tip if the service was good because you know how hard people work behind the scenes. So same goes for musicians. So thank you for indulging that uh, tangent, but I felt it important for to remind us all that uh, our artists aren't having the easiest time of it in 2020. And I know a lot of us aren't having the easiest time of it, the many roller coaster moments. I've certainly experienced a few myself. Uh, but being able to support people by buying an album is just one of the most powerful things that we can do. So yes, it is called Bandcamp. Um, and so you go to Bandcamp or melaniehorsnell.bandcamp.com and then you'll have all of her albums there. Uh, I really um, love this song, The Birds especially. And um and I hope you go and have a little explore. Now, we are still in the month of August, which means we have the wonderful offer from Natural Bedding Co. still going. And the offer that they're giving us and you, Aussies, uh, unfortunately just the Aussies, uh, is a 10% discount off latex mattresses and latex pillows. And when you're talking about these higher ticket items like a mattress, 10% can be a significant saving. So if you are coming to the end of your current mattress's life, then this could be a really fantastic opportunity for you to upgrade to a beautiful natural latex mattress. Uh, This company is a gorgeous Australian company, Sydney-based, been working for over 35 years to bring you quality, organic, sustainable materials. And I might just say, once you head onto their website, your code is LOTOXNBC. And uh, if you are going to be upgrading your mattress and getting a new one, please consider uh, using the Soft Landing Company to collect your old mattress. I think it's about 40 bucks and they are able to recycle up to 95% of the materials used in that old mattress and breathe new life into it in uh, the supply chain uh, rather than have that mattress go to landfill in uh, a council cleanup. So I love that business and I think they do incredible work. Um, Maybe there's something out there that, you know, if you live in a different country, maybe there's a mattress recycling pickup uh, service near you as well. So just something to keep in mind when you're having to move on from those bigger items that uh, you worry about ending up in landfill and feel guilt around that. And it's understandable. We're all trying to do our best. But I think something like the soft landing company uh, that comes and picks it up for you, I think it's a Tuesday morning in Sydney and uh, goes and recycles almost all of it is an amazing thing to know about. So head to the Natural Bedding Company, 10% off latex mattresses and latex pillows. Lotox NBC is your code. And I can't wait to see how you guys enjoy them. I saw a picture from someone on uh, Instagram the other day with their new mattress uh, and a shout out thank you. So I was very excited to see that uh, someone had made the most of that discount. Now, show number 200. So as you guys know, food, body, home, mind, and planet are the pillars of leading a low-tox life. And kind of like anything in life, if you think about, uh, you know, finances, job, love, family, friends, uh, as like, you know, pillars of, of, 
um, to check in within your regular life health as well. You can't be a top performer in absolutely every category at all times. And you can't be focused on every single aspect of everything all your time. Sometimes you have to put all your focus into financial literacy and sorting things out on that uh, front. Uh, And then that might mean that your social life just takes a little bit of a dip as you're saving money and putting things together in uh, a way that sets you up better financially. Then sometimes you have a health crisis or you you really want to work on uh, your excess body weight and so you're going to put a lot of focus into that for a little bit. And maybe that means that you're spending a bit more uh, on organic foods and uh, a personal trainer or a private tennis lesson or something. And, and so your finances aren't really, you know, and this happens over the course of our life. We dip in and out of focus primarily on particular aspects. And it means we spend a bit less time or less focus on others. And it doesn't mean everything turns to crap in other areas of our lives. It just means we can't focus on everything all at once. And I know it can be frustrating to not be able to shoot for getting everything perfect today when it comes to those food, body, home, mind, and planet pillars. But focusing on anything is better than focusing on nothing and checking in with areas that you know there might be a bit of a weakness or you might not have advanced as much as you'd like to and you'd like to give it more energy. That is a really great thing to do. And when we look at the show, that is very much how um, I echo that um, sentiment, right? So we're not always able to focus on every single topic of the low tox life all at once. And we tend to focus in waves on different areas of leading a low tox life. And it helps us deep dive sometimes. And Oh, I haven't paid much attention to food for a while. Let's have a look at what's going on there. Or I haven't paid much attention to my mindset, my mental health. Let's spend some time focusing there. And you would have seen this year that we have started to group those conversations into focuses for two, three, four, five weeks at a time on particular areas. And it really just helps us make a good go of something instead of darting about all over the place all the time. And I hope you've appreciated that uh, little change to our programming. I've certainly enjoyed it because it helps me construct more useful uh, narratives for you guys and uh, and for us to complete pictures of things before moving on. Uh, you know, it's wonderful to look at Uh, meditation, but what about our friend who's suffering from depression and meditation hasn't worked? Is there something else that we can do to cultivate a low-tox mind? Are there things we can do as a friend to support that person? So I'm going to start with a couple of highlight shows on the mind topic, seeing as I just started to go into that in a little bit more detail. And this for me was uh, something that we were going to be uh, focusing on, I think, in July, but then COVID happened and I was like, nope, (laughs) We've got to change the programming. We have to look after our mental health today. Now, let's switch it up and move all of our mental health programming to March. And the reason I did that was because it is a very destabilizing time. And there are going to be people in this community who 
are uh, of different beliefs about how governments are handling this, about uh, truth, agenda, uh, media bias, pharmaceutical industry uh, issues. And uh, I, I get asked sometimes, you know, why aren't you commenting on all of these things and what do you believe? And I got to tell you, uh, I don't know what I believe yet. <laughs> I'm just going to be brutally honest with you guys. I am not a, an epidemiologist. I'm not an infectious disease expert. I'm not a scientist responsible for producing vaccines. I am not uh, a doctor. I do know some things though, and I like to stick to what I do know and what I can successfully guide people towards and who I can successfully bring in that will help provide clarity in a time of confusion. And I do know that when there are conflicting messages in the atmosphere, in, you know, we could call that social media uh, at the moment, for example, uh, what I know is uh, we all want to feel safe. We all want to feel less scared about the world we live in. And we all can benefit from looking after our mental health and our immune systems. There is no question that doing those two things is going to help us fare better during a time like this. And that's what I know for sure I can help my community with, you guys. So that's where I focus. And bringing you incredible guests like Bruce Lipton, beautiful guests like uh, uh, Rebecca Wildbear, who we started the year with actually back in early Feb, and then a little bit later in the Mind series, Sage Magdalene, uh, teaching us how to connect to ourselves on a deeper level, either through our dreams or through vision boarding, uh, through uh, spending time in nature and looking at nature in a different way on a deeper level. Uh, these sorts of things really help us feel still, feel rooted, feel connected uh, in a time where it can be completely destabilizing if we let ourselves get swept up in everything that's going on out there. Uh, and I know that because I know what it feels like to engage in debate on social media and it can very quickly turn south. You can become anxious. I can get a bit hot and sweaty, cold and sweaty, uh, worried, uh, confused, disheartened, incredulous, um, all of the above. And I think if we're not focusing on our own mental health and our own ability to respond calmly, objectively, uh, and return to peace, then we are going to produce a huge amount of cortisol and stress response uh, and be in fight and flight a lot. Uh, and if we're chronically in a state of fight and flight, we then start to lose the full functioning of things like our immune system, our digestive system, and that's not what we re need right now. So that mental health series, I mean, if you haven't listened to... Bruce Lipton's show, uh, the couple that I've just mentioned, um, uh, David Rabin on PTSD and depression and the incredible work he's doing uh, in uh, his field, um, Pip Baker, uh, one of my favourite childhood friends who is now a mental health first aid officer 
provided a fantastic blueprint full of tips for what we can do not only for ourselves but for people around us who we feel might be having an extremely hard time of things right now. So please look after your minds, look after your sense of connectedness and calm and however you possibly can find a way to root yourself in peace despite the tumultuousness of our times. And uh, it doesn't mean you can't get worked up and you can't jump into arguments and debate things online. I'm not saying, I'm not telling anyone what to do, but I am saying we need the balance of that if you are going there and we need, uh, you know, maybe you're experiencing terrible financial hardship, you're going through perhaps a divorce, perhaps your business has just gone under. There are so many tough, tough, tough situations that are that are calling out for us to look after our mental health right now uh, and are calling out for us to check in on our loved ones and our friends and perhaps the people, uh, the elderly people in our community who just need someone to talk to. And I feel like that mind deep dive back in March was a really, really useful one. So if you didn't go there or if there are a few shows within that that you missed, Uh, just take yourself off for that daily walk uh, and pop them in your ears and just go through them one by one. We had the wonderful Guy Lawrence back, Tom Cronin as well. Uh, Some really beautiful uh, centering conversations and uh, tips and ideas for uh, finding and cultivating peace and love in the current environment. Uh, when it comes to the topic of the home, we've had some fantastic shows over this past hundred shows. My goodness. I absolutely loved our show with Grace Nui on Feng Shui. Uh, she offered some really wonderful thought provoking ideas on how to arrange our homes, on how we can actually have physiological effects to the way our homes are set up. Um, anything from how we orient our beds to, uh, how we face our living rooms and, and where the heart of our home is and how we can, uh, direct energy to the heart of our home. It was such a great show. And so if you're interested in all that stuff, but you've never really found, a great practical conversational resource around it to actually get you started, I definitely recommend listening to that show on Feng Shui. And you can always go to lowtoxlife forward slash podcast and just start leafing through all of the different shows. We've got them categorized as well in a list across the food, body, home, mind and planet topics so that you can hone in on particular areas that you're interested in and uh, go through those um, shows that pertain to that. Uh, another one in the home that I loved more recently was with Corinne Segura, the building biologist, Canadian-based, uh, and uh, she had some fantastic things to say about environmental toxins. Uh, she had been mould-affected just like me uh, but went down a really interesting path of actually trying to build her own tiny home, then that not working and then having to learn why and then moving into studying building biology so that she could prevent things from happening like that to herself forevermore but also to be able to help many others to not make the mistakes that she made and I think a lot of you guys really enjoyed that show. Uh 
something else that you might find useful, and so many of you guys were really appreciative of this, was in the months and months that it took us to find our new home to move into uh, after taking a gamble, moving to the country, thinking school wasn't going to go back till term three, and then our government uh, at the state level actually moving us back to school uh, just a couple of weeks after term two went back. That was a bit of a shock. So we found a little Airbnb, but it took us over three months to find a home. And the reason it took us over three months is because of water damage uh, or um, uh, humidity, bad builds, uh, bad sun facing uh, issues with the building. Uh, or just really dodgy new builds with our lax building laws these days where you could see that everything was just about to fall apart. If, you know, if there were already cracks in a one- or two-year-old building, uh, one would only imagine how bad it could possibly get in the years to come. So there were so many issues. But I recorded a show, I think it was 191 is the number of the show, but, again, you can just go and have a look in the directory, and I shared with you all the things that I was seeing in uh, our searches and the visual and other sensorial cues that we used to determine whether that was going to be a healthy home for us or not. And of course, me being the canary in the coal mine, I have very physical reactions to water damaged buildings. Uh, and uh, as soon as I had a metallic taste in my mouth or a shortness of breath or heart palpitations after an inspection or during, we knew that that was a surefire way to know that we didn't even need to put the pinless moisture meter to the wall. It just wasn't going to work. But that show really helps step you through what to look for. So whether you're renting or buying, uh, these skills are going to be useful to you forever. And uh, I know uh, a lot of people found it really helpful. So that was another great one on the home. Now, when it comes to the body, again, coming back to that idea of uh, what I know for sure and what I know is going to be useful to help our community in a time like this, when it comes to something like COVID-19, while I don't know for sure many things, uh, because I am not uh, a medical professional at the forefront of studying viruses or uh, or, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, that I talked about earlier, what I do know is that there are incredible doctors that know how to help us have optimal functioning immune systems. Now that is extremely useful to everyone, regardless of what the different beliefs are and what the different narratives people are subscribing to right now. And so having my dear friend, Dr. Elisa Song on the show, think it was show number 183, but again, it's in the directory, um, which I'll pop in the show notes. Uh, Elisa Song took us through everything she knew in the research about COVID-19, how it uh, proliferates in the human body, how to stop it from proliferating severely uh, with either basic lifestyle interventions and tweaks, supplementation, Uh, deficiency identification and supplementation off the back of that, it was a highly useful show and one that we don't need to wait forever. And you can wear your mask and you can social distance and do all those things that you may or may not believe in. There's a lot of different ideas out there. But 
all of us can unite in making sure we're as healthy as possible right now. This is not a time to social distance yourself on the couch with potato chips. That's not going to be helpful. Uh, So um, please do go back and listen to that show. It was wonderful. And then if you're someone who has had issues with your metabolism, you're carrying a few extra kilos, perhaps you have diabetes or uh, you're pre-diabetic, you're insulin resistant, uh, you know that uh, you have a higher BMI than is ideal, something we can see very clearly is that these issues and health challenges tend to increase the chances of a more severe experience of this disease. And so again, this is something we know for sure that we can work on if we need to. And so if you go back a few shows, we had wonderful Dr. Jade Teeter talking about the metabolism uh, earlier on in the year. It was such a good show. I really love following Jade. He is the definition of a curious and critical thinker, always entertaining all ideas and dissecting them, thinking them through, looking at the research and sharing useful, valuable information on what we know for sure. And I really appreciate his take. Uh, This year I've been following his social media. It's been uh, quite um, comforting. Uh, And uh, so that show on the metabolism, but also we had Dr. Alan Christensen on the show talking metabolism and his metabolism reset. Now, I actually did his metabolism reset because my body was stuck in this leptin-resistant pattern after mold illness, and I've been carrying a few extra kilos around for years and years and years, terrible case of resistant weight loss. And no matter what I tried, and you guys know how I live, you see the food I eat. I love tennis. I move that, you know, I'm doing all the things. I live in a low tox home. I have, uh, you know, all the stuff going on that should be helpful, but I, I was stuck. And so I actually undertook Alan's uh, protocol, a four-week protocol, very strict. My goodness, it's probably the most restrictive thing I've ever done. But for the first time in many, many years, I lost weight. I lost five whole kilos in a month. And uh, jeans that were tight are now baggy. Uh, My bloating has gone down. My resting heart rate has come down several beats per minute. Uh, It definitely was helpful. And I really appreciate Alan's work. He's a very considered excellent physician, uh, huge amounts of clinical research in his own practice for um, the metabolism reset diet, which is essentially two protein shakes a day with a good big meal in the evenings as you normally would, nice balanced macros, etc., cetera, uh, and as many uh, non-starchy veggies as you want as snacks all throughout the day. So no coffee, no tea that has caffeine in it, no green tea, no sugars of any kind, no baked goods, no chips, crackers. Uh, what else didn't I have? Um, yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much everything. (laughs) Um, but it really was, uh, such a rewarding experience to come to the end of that four weeks and know that I gave it my best and, see the results. Uh, Something that was excellent about that protocol as well was the inclusion of resistant starch to really start building up that healthy gut microbiome again, uh, which can sometimes be shot to pieces when you've had uh, metabolic issues as well. So all those things we can do for sure to help us be our healthier selves. Uh, Obviously, removing environmental toxins and toxins that are inside our bodies 
is a huge aspect to improving the health of our body. And Dr. Layla Massam was back on the show talking about heavy metal toxicity. That was a great show. Uh, we had um, a detoxification month at the end, towards the end of last year. Uh, so if you feel like you really need to work on starting to remove some of those toxins that are built up in you and your liver's not functioning as well as it could, the reason livers don't detox well anymore is because they've had to detox too much. And so if we give them a bit of love and support for a while and really focus in on that, uh, we can get them working again, I promise. So we had Elson Haas, Kelly Alderman, Naomi Judge last year on the detoxification shows. So again, you'll find all of those in the uh, show notes. Um, and then on the subject of food this past year, we had uh, one of my favourite farmers, two of my favourite farmers actually, Joel Salatin, talking about rebuilding soil health and that being the key to reversing desertification. And I think, you know, while of course it's important to stop eating factory farmed meat, stop eating uh, live exported um, animal meat uh, and to uh, vehemently oppose these practices because they're not good for our animals, uh, they're not good for us, they're not good for the planet, they're destructive to topsoil in the way that those animals are farmed. Uh, but that doesn't mean everything is evil, just as with anything. There is good and there is bad. There's a good way to grow a lettuce and there's a bad way to grow a lettuce. Uh, so the same goes with animals. And if people do better on in an omnivorous uh, diet, then of course, looking at those regenerative practices uh, is where we want to head. And the more people that do eat meat that go in that direction, uh, and perhaps that means eating less because budgetarily you're upgrading and you're spending a bit more, and then you're diversifying your plant foods accordingly. Uh, then that's that's great. But the evidence is overwhelming as to how our friendly cows can uh, be farmed in such a way that helps them live their best life and the pigs and the chickens uh, because Joel is a big believer in that symbiotic relationship between all animals and ecosystems. And the way that you can rebuild soil health, rebuild topsoil, we were at a point where we only have 60 years of topsoil left if we all keep buying and farming the way that we are right now. So um, Joel has done some work, I know, in Mexico, in Central America, in Northern America, where you see the befores and the afters. And the same goes for, uh, you might know, Alan Savory's work, uh, that holistic management idea. Uh, where you can have like something that looks like a desert plain with like literally spinifex rolling across and then you actually start to farm these regenerative practices, these rotational practices that Joel and Charlie talk about on their shows uh, and you end up with lush green pastures. It is really incredible to see. And then, of course, we're sequestering more carbon. That means we're cooling the ground. We're starting to put in cover crops to allow for better water management on those lands. The flow-on effects, pardon the pun, are incredible. And so listening to the Joel Salatin and the Charlie Arnott shows really will open your eyes to how uh, not all animal farming is bad for the planet. Uh, I really hope that that conversation is changed soon 
uh, and that we can all start to realize it is not the what, it is the how. How are we farming? Because as I said, we can do veggies in a good and a not so good way and destroy topsoil with huge monocrop fields of one thing. Or we can start to build farms in a more symbiotic uh, way and uh, the research is starting to emerge that shows us that's a really good way to go. So enjoy those. Uh, Rob Greenfield was another great show this past year. Rob, who is the king of experiments and proving things, ate only what he could grow for a year one whole year. He didn't end up malnourished uh, and he did very, very well. Um, Only what he could grow and find, I should add, because there were a couple of, you know, foraging was a part of uh, that. Uh, And it was a fascinating journey to watch and to have Rob on the show and discuss uh, his findings, his challenges, the beauty of what he found and discovered during that year was really, really exciting. And then another one I wanted to draw your attention to was Jonathan Latham, Professor Jonathan Latham, who's an independent scientist and not paid by anyone, uh, who I had on the show to have a deep dive into BT toxin uh, and genetically modified agriculture and why exactly uh, this really isn't the way forward if we want healthy people and planet. Uh, There are some very powerful forces out there these days trying to continue to debunk uh, anyone who is sounding the alarm on GMOs. Uh, But I refer you to two wonderful independent scientists that I've had on the show explaining very technically why we should be extremely concerned for these forms of agriculture, Uh, Professor Jonathan Latham, and then way back a couple of years ago, uh, Professor Michael Antonio, who um, uh, I also had quote uh, in my book on the subject. So Food, Body, Home and Mind, those are some of the highlight shows that I would love for you guys to make sure you clock into uh, in this next little while. Uh, And also... Uh, on the subject of the planet, uh, we had some amazing conversations this past year. I loved having one of my favorite philosophers, Charles Eisenstein, who always challenges my thinking and opens up a little corner of my mind into an extra little place I didn't know was there uh, with the way he um, talks about uh, the world and what's going on. Uh, Climate change is one of his great passions to discuss and not in the traditional narrative, not in the we have to ban fossil fuels and move to green energy and all our problems will be solved. He looks at it at a much deeper level, at a much uh, more holistic level approach, uh, bringing in some of those things like I was talking about before with regenerative agriculture, but also having a look at a much more personally uh, confronting aspect to what we need to do to turn this planet around, which is that we need to transform ourselves and how we think, feel, believe, act, uh, act towards each other. Um, he's a really fascinating individual and I loved my conversation with him this year. If you haven't listened to it, uh, if you haven't read his book, Climate, A New Story, I highly recommend it. It's a great audio book actually to just take and look out there at the horizon and have a think about things and what you might be able to do on a personal level. 
highly recommend. Loved having Damon Gamo on the show to talk not only about his wonderful documentary that came out last year, 2040, uh, but also about uh, current affairs, the state of play, what we can all do on a personal level. I loved having Teresa Cody, uh, a bigwig in the area of construction in Northern America. Uh, she was just a fantastic show and her book, Rebuilding Earth, is one of the best reads right now uh, to um, tuck into and have a look at how we can literally rebuild the earth from the ground up, whether it's from the way we plan housing, towns, cities, how we can move from industrial to digital age and the benefits of doing that in terms of how we live. Really exciting stuff. Uh, so, you know, it's there are just so many incredible conversations that have been had this past year. I, I I'm so privileged to be able to bring them to you. I hope you have found them interesting, uh, as interesting as I have found having the conversations. And now I want to talk about a few of these FAQs. I'm just going to bring up my little sheet where I wrote down the questions that you guys had for me. And I'm going to start with this one. It's just a really easy one. We can knock on the head straight away. Best dishwasher capsules or powder that are cheap, uh, that I can easily find. Uh, my go-to dishwashing powder, and I find for low-tox preparations, the loose powder is better than the tablets or caps. I, I've tried everything, literally everything, because for our Go Low-Tox course, uh, which is coming up, by the way, so if you want to register your interest, we will be opening up registrations very soon. Um, I have to try everything, and so I have over the years, and I can honestly say that the EcoStore dishwashing powder is the best one I've tried. No, not much residue. Every now and then a little bit of cloudiness on a glass, but, you know, we have to keep in mind that the things that make those glasses practically able for us to use as a mirror in mainstream uh, dishwashing tablets, uh, balls, powders, however they come, are highly toxic. And if you look at some of the safety data sheets of those products where they talk about not doing a quick wash if you have people who are convalescing or babies or pregnant women in your home, like that gives you a pretty good idea of what's in those sorts of products. So do we really need to be able to apply our lipstick by looking in the mirror reflection of a wine glass? I would say unless we are a three Michelin-starred restaurant, no, we do not. Uh, and EcoStore does a great job. I never feel like my, my stuff is dirty, never, ever. And uh, and if you ever feel like you've, you've really loaded up your washing machine, uh, dishwashing machine, um, and you're not quite getting top performance on a normal cycle. If it's really, really full, I might encourage you just for that one to raise the temperature up to 65%, uh, percent, uh, 65 degrees Celsius, uh, which will ensure with that little bit of extra heat that you do get a thorough wash. Um, so that's my tip there. Next question was, do you have any advice on low-tox perfume options? Oh my gosh, guys. So 17 years ago when I started this low-tox journey, 
we were not spoilt for choice and you literally just either had to make your own perfumes naturally through um, making essential oil blends and roll-ons, which of course is a wonderful thing to do and I definitely recommend that in one of my options. Uh, And if you have my book, you'll see that I've provided the perfume pyramid there, uh, which is a very well-known pyramid of uh, proportions to use that the great perfumers of history have used in terms of head notes, heart notes, base, spices and woods, uh, and how many drops of each kind of level to create a really beautiful balanced perfume. So that's a really great way to go. I use Young Living. I love the Young Living essential oils. I know people use different ones. Um, and that's fine. Of course, um, If you want to use Young Living, feel free to come and have a look at the show notes. I've popped a little bit about how and why I love that brand. Uh, They're one of my favorite Lotox brands in terms of the company mission, in terms of what they achieve in the environments in which they farm and the partnerships that they have with uh, local farmers. Uh, It's a really inspiring company right up there for me with Dr. Bronner, Walida, the likes of people like that who aren't just buying raw material ingredients off the open market and whacking an organic label on them and selling them. These guys are change makers on a, a massive environmental scale. So um, that that tends to be why you hear the same names from me over and over again, uh, because I think it's a, it's the inspiration for me of these businesses that use business as a vehicle to create monumental shifts in the way people farm, in the stability of local uh, communities around the world. Uh, that's the kind of thing that floats my boat, the big full picture, not just something being certified organic. Um, and so, yes, I'm a big fan of making your own oils and that's kind of uh, oil blends and that's sort of how I started. And then, of course, over the last 17 years, we've seen all sorts of wonderful green technologies become available to make those natural perfumes last a little bit longer without the nasty phthalates uh, and other kind of uh, things that are included in natural perfumes. Now, if you are chemically sensitive, if you have histamine reactions, if you have multiple chemical sensitivity, you might find that while you are healing from those things, that no perfume, natural or synthetic, is going to be good for you right now. And that's okay. So just drop back, go to fragrance-free everything for a little bit, low histamine everything in your diet for a little bit. It's not to say that you won't be able to reintroduce those things. But I definitely want to uh, flag floral perfumes and floral oils tend to be the most reactive ones for people in those categories. And those people tend to fare better with uh, citruses, woods, and spices uh, if they're going to wear natural perfumes. So just in case that helps anyone make a huge shortcut of both expense and time in terms of looking for something that's going to be suitable for you, that is where I would head. Uh, one of my favorite oil-based perfumes is the Black Chicken Number no. 1 scent. It's, it comes in a beautiful little roll-on and I just love it. And it's the scent that is also in the Balm of Ages, which is a gorgeous healing balm product from Black Chicken. Huge fan, love Shay's work. She's been at this for a long time. Uh, One Seed is a fantastic uh, brand 
by a local um, Adelaide woman who has done such a good job with that brand. It is a luxe, 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 beautiful, beautiful uh, range of perfumes, very intense and long lasting. So you find, um, you'll find something there, I'm sure. And uh, I really love those. Vanessa Megan, a local um, Sydney woman, started Vanessa Megan. And uh, that also was, gosh, over a decade ago now. And uh, she has some beautiful natural perfumes as well. Then you have, now I'm not sure, I've never known how to pronounce this, if it's Imi or Eam, but it's I-M-E. And uh, they have a citrusy one that I absolutely love. Uh, and you can get those at Biome. There's Hanako, who makes some beautiful, really mild, but gorgeous different blends and they all have a really aromatherapeutic thinking behind why, what is in which blend. Um, Mukti Cosmetics have a beautiful natural fragrance. Uh, I love the Walida deodorants, the Wild Rose deodorant, just as a refreshing spray, especially if you're playing sport or going to the gym. I find that to be absolutely delicious as a an on-the-go natural perfume. Um, so those are some of the options there. Now I had a couple of questions about hand sanitizers. So, uh, one of you was concerned about the ingredients that are in the hand sanitizers that we're all being forced to use out there at the moment. And another one was, is there such a thing as a low tox hand sanitizer? I have very good news on both fronts. So, the first front, yes, there are some nasties, a lot of nasties, in fact, in most hand sanitizers, uh, especially because of the very lax laws that are around sanitizers at the moment because of the need to push through as much hand sanitizer as possible. So the good aspect of this is low-tox small businesses have been able to produce sanitizers and get them out to their communities fast because the laws have been relaxed. But it also means dodgy people have been able to do things fast as well and get it out there. And uh, you see in a lot of hand sanitizers, uh, synthetic fragrances, really stinky kind of sweet smelling sanitizers. That's that's not right. Um, you see triclosan, which is uh, thought to be a useful antibacterial, however, has been proven to not be any more useful than soap and water. So triclosan also has some research around it, linking it to issues with the thyroid. So we definitely don't want to be using a lot of triclosan. And uh, we want to make sure that synthetic fragrance and triclosan aren't in our hand sanitizers. Good news is, is I haven't come across a place, not even the hospital that I visited the other day, where you couldn't just say, do you mind if I use my hand sanitizer that I've brought in my handbag and you pull it out and you use it in front of them? No one has said, no, no, you can't use anything but this one. So the good news is, is you can BYO and be in control. And in terms of hand sanitization, again, we are spoilt for choice. And I actually did an article that had a bit of a roundup of my faves and I've popped those in the show notes. So if you head to lotoxlife.com forward slash podcast and click on today's show number 200, you will see a link to the hand sanitizer post. Another easy way you can do it is to just Google hand sanitizer lotox life and my article will come straight up. 
So, uh, yeah, the main thing you want to make sure is your hand sanitizer is 60% alcohol or more. Uh, and that is so that it's effective in um, killing the uh, virus on your hands if you're not at home and you can't just use soap and water, which I still think is the best thing to do. Warm water is actually the best researched um, in terms of effectiveness. Uh, and um, and then you have some really interesting and delicious essential oils that have been added to sanitizers. I'm a big fan of the Young Living Thieves hand sanitizer with all of those excellent well-researched uh, oils in terms of um, supporting us uh, and uh, being useful in the time of the pandemic. Um, but then you've also got Dr. Bronner's, uh, you've also got like chicken. There's a ton of great hand sanitizers. So I've put a list of them all in that post. Um, another question I got was uh, if you had to swap three things, what are your top three swaps? Now, you might actually want to go back and listen to a show I did a couple of years ago after my book tour because I did a show that was the top questions I kept getting over and over and over again on the book tour. So I've actually linked that show in the show notes for you, uh, the person who asked that question. But to give you the short, short answer, my top three swaps are your pillow, if you're using a pillow with synthetic materials such as polyester or memory foam, uh, you are breathing in microplastic dust as you sleep, and that's not a great idea. So switching to a natural pillow is important. Uh, airing your pillow uh, seasonally or monthly is also really important to keep the dust mite countdown to ensure that mold isn't building up and moisture isn't building up inside the pillow. My number two swap is your water filter. And this is in no particular order, by the way, uh, because both are equally important. But I use a great water filter that we have on our bench top, uh, and I've popped the details in the show notes for you. Um, but because the pillow is actually one of the swaps, I'm just going to remind you, quick smart, that you've got 10% off latex pillows from the natural bedding company at the moment, Low Tox NBC. So that is a nice little piece of synchronicity and uh, has nothing to do with the fact that that's a sponsor. I Anyone who's been to any of my talks in the past few years knows that I rabbit on about pillows and the things lurking in them and the stuff they're made of all the time. So pillow, uh, water filter, and humidity inside your house is my number three. Do not let mold grow inside your house because of a stupid thing like humidity. And if you get a hygrometer from the... Um, the hardware store, whether you go to your Home Depot, Bunnings here in Australia, and your hygrometer is for measuring indoor humidity and it is above 60%, then you know you need a uh, dehumidifier in your home. You might need two if you've got a big home. If it's more than a two-bedroom apartment, I would say you need two, especially if you've got an upstairs-downstairs. Uh, but keeping the humidity under 60% is paramount to preventing mold growth inside the home. Another very nifty way to do that is to open the windows as much as you can. Uh, if you live somewhere on a main street and you're worried about pollution, it is worse to have mold growing in your home than a little bit of pollution, uh, I promise. So um, 
maybe for that person, just stick to doing it outside of peak hour traffic. And as soon as the peak hour traffic's done in the morning, you open everything up and give everything a really good airing for a couple of hours. Uh, And uh, if you live somewhere with indoor humidity and extreme cold in the winter and you you just can't do that, uh, some of the things that you can consider are uh, are installing a really good home ventilation system and speaking to someone, a building biologist, to guide you through that process. Or, as I come back to it, getting a a good dehumidification happening. Uh, I'm a big fan of the DeLonghi dehumidifiers. They just do dehumidification, those dehumidifiers, or the Philips 5000 series that actually doubles as an air filter and a dehumidifier. And that can be a really great useful tool if uh, you are worried about the quality of your air. Um, again, if you live in a main, uh, in, a, in a busy area, or perhaps you actually have some mold, you're worried uh, you can't do anything right now um, and you can't move until next year or you can't remediate just yet and you're saving for your longer game, uh, then air purification uh, from something like the Philips or the Innovair range uh, could be a really useful thing to do. So those are my top three there. Next, we have a question about when I go on holidays. How do you go on holidays with mold sensitivity? What do you look out for? So uh, this can be a bit of a gamble and I am definitely going to level with you. There is uh, a couple of times where I have, like on my book tour, when we booked a whole bunch of hotels and motels and bed and breakfasts and I couldn't be too fussy about where I stayed, especially in smaller towns, Uh, There were a couple of times I slept on the bathroom floor because uh, the bedroom uh, had mustiness. Uh, And so uh, it's it's not fun. Um, But I will say I've gotten much better at um, future-proofing for holidays. And I ask questions. So if you're booking on Airbnb, you can ask questions of the host before you secure a booking. You can just say, I'm really sensitive to mold. Uh, A lot of people don't understand chronic inflammation uh, as uh, an illness. So it's probably better to say the word allergy just because it's going to be easier for someone to understand and just say, look, have you ever seen mold in your home? Does it ever smell musty? I just have to protect my health. I get really bad asthma or I get really bad allergies. Uh, and I just wanted to check that. Um, another thing is, uh, to book places that don't have carpet because carpet tends to have more issues than floorboards or tiles. Uh, another tip for holidaying is I tend not to book houses. I book apartments that are off the ground or, um, hotels that have been newly built or newly renovated, uh, so that nothing has had time to build up. Um, New York is uh, fraught with mold and I remember staying in a lovely but very old hotel um, just before I was actually diagnosed with mold illness and uh, I remember just having the worst heart palpitations and wondering what was wrong with me. I was like, am I anxious from travelling? Like what is this? Um, but what it was, was mold illness and I just didn't know it yet. And so when I went to New York to visit my family last time, because we have, uh, cousins there. And when I go to Europe to visit the rest of my family, I tend to try and go through New York and visit them and, you know, international families will understand, 
the the um, logistics of trying to catch as many relatives on the way. Um, and so what I did was I looked for one of the big, big hotel chains who had recently taken over and renovated uh, a hotel. And I ended up staying, I think it was at the Crown... Crown Inn or Crown Tower, it wasn't Crown Towers, it wasn't super fancy, it was a three-star, but they had taken it over and fully renovated it, so gutted it and redone all the rooms, redone the air conditioning system, and I think it was on West, I'm going to say 36th Street, just in case, you know, when everything opens back up and we're optimistic, we can all uh, enjoy uh, going to visit friends and family um, again soon. Uh, then uh, that Crown property was fantastic and it was completely um, safe for me. I felt wonderful there. So finding those big hotel chains that have just taken over and fully renovated an older property can actually sometimes be a really great way to go uh, or just at least staying in an Airbnb that's in an apartment building um, that's north-facing and that has good uh, circulation. You can see it's bright and airy in the photos and preferably not carpet. Another thing I request, if whether it's a hotel or a um, bed and breakfast or Airbnb, is that no fragrance is used to spray the room pr- prior to my arrival um, and no fragrance is used on any of the laundry sheets. Uh, and just to be really nice and not that hassle person, I also say, would you like me to send you a box? I can get a box of the um, washing powder we use, especially for Airbnbs, um, you know, because a lot of people might think those super stinky, smelly, spring fresh hoo-ha things are actually providing good service and they're not, uh, but they just don't know it yet. And that's not their fault. So I have offered a couple of times to say, look, we use the, um, this washing powder. Would you like me to send it in advance? Um, so that when the cleaner does the changeover for us, um, it's, it's the stuff that, um, doesn't bring up my asthma. I don't have asthma. It's just, sometimes it's just easier to use things that help people know there's an actual problem. You're not just being difficult and having preferences, if that makes sense. So um, that is, uh, I guess, most of what I do to troubleshoot. I tend to stay away from staying in old cabins, old houses. Um, Yes, it can be lovely and charming to stay somewhere old, um, but frankly, uh, (laughs) I don't do well in old houses. Uh, And I think a really useful thing is if you are um, really mould sensitive and um, very uh, much still in the early stages of recovery where you can get knocked down by this sort of stuff um, and these sorts of places, Investing in a good tent or a swag so you could, at, at the worst case scenario, you could just sleep on the porch uh, in the swag uh, then and, and protect yourself and look after yourself, then that could be a really good option as well. Um, camping, of course, can be the easiest way to go mold-free and while it's not my favourite thing to do, maybe it's yours. So maybe step into that a little bit more. Okay, so we have another couple of questions. Uh, There was a question around toxic load. What is the link between toxic load and autoimmune conditions? Okay, so there I've interviewed a fair few doctors in my time. And from what I can tell, there are a few different things at play. Uh, So as we know, our toxic load can build up 
in our organs and in our visceral fats and in our adipose tissues. And uh, our fat is almost a way of protecting the rest of the body from uh, toxins and it just builds and builds and builds until actually it spills over and it's not protective anymore anyway. Um, What can also happen is uh, our toxic exposures can end up obviously going through our liver, our digestive tract, and as toxins, either, you know, pesticide or herbicide uh, residues or foods that might be toxic to us at that time, as they pass through our digestive tract, they can actually upset the gut wall integrity and uh, create, and, and create is probably too strong a word, there are multiple factors, but contribute to leaky gut. And leaky gut is the scenario where you have partially digested foods so not fully digested yet, passing through that gut wall that is now um, uh, compromised and has like bigger gaps to allow these uh, partially digested bits of food go, going, through the, going through it. Uh, and that contributes to mounting an autoimmune response. So that's just one of the ways that we know that environmental toxins, either through our food or our products, are creating a perfect storm for autoimmune conditions. Then you can look at things like an environmental toxin like triclosan and its effect on the thyroid, like phthalates and their effect on the thyroid and our endocrine system. And you very quickly start to see how uh, the link between environmental toxins, toxic load and toxic exposures uh, is created uh, between them and uh, autoimmune conditions that we see popping up. Uh, aluminium is another huge uh, autoimmune uh, trigger and um, we really need to look at our exposures to aluminium and uh, the many different ways that we can be exposed to it to uh, see and, and start to create some of those connections. So uh, in Uh, short answer, yes, there is a link. There are multiple links. There is a ton of research. Many doctors on the show have talked about it over the the years. And uh, it definitely stands to reason that cleaning up your diet is absolutely worthwhile and moving to whole foods and doing all those gut protocols to support your healing of the gut are very, very useful when we have autoimmune conditions, but so is reducing your toxic load wherever possible. And it's hard to do it to a level of perfection, but anything we do to reduce our toxic load is going to be better than nothing. So that is my advice on that one. And then one last little question was on washing soda and is it good or bad for the environment? Now, washing soda you might have seen in a bit of a no-name brand um, packet at the supermarket. They still sell it. In fact, they didn't used to, and it just kind of came back when we all started realising we could make things for ourselves, which is great to see uh, things like that coming back into the supermarket. Um, And so it's actually got a really cool history. So I'll just tell you what it is. It it is environmentally friendly. Uh, It's a natural cleaning product, uh, and you can use it for a lot of things. So it's What it is in essence is sal soda or sodium carbonate. 
And uh, while you do find it naturally in some places, uh, it can also be man-made from common salt and limestone. So it's a carbonic acid disodium salt. It's very alkaline. uh, So it's not something you want to just be kind of getting all over your hands in its raw form. Um, and there, so as I said, there are a lot of different ways it can be produced, but modern production usually involves ammonia. And, uh, while again, that's not something you want to be, um, touching a lot and breathing in a lot of the ammonia is evaporated off through that process, kind of in the same way that lye, while it is toxic, it is, uh, um, used to make soap, but there's no lye left in the end product of the soap itself, if that makes sense. So the chemical formula name for washing soda is Na2CO3. Uh, The Egyptians actually have used it uh, as a naturally occurring compound to mummify the dead. And it was first created in a lab by a French chemist called Nicolas Leblanc. uh, And uh, that was in the late 18th century. So it's actually referenced right back to Napoleonic times used in uh, washing things and cleaning things. So it's been around for yonks and there's actually natural deposits of it in Wyoming in the States near the Green River. So very safe for the environment in that it breaks down, so it's very biodegradable, uh, causing no issues that I can see in the research and used with care, so coming back to that idea that because it's strongly alkaline, you don't really want it to come in contact with your skin, so use rubber gloves when you're dealing with it and making your own DIY preparations, Uh, what can we use it for? So it's a great grease dissolver, um, also great for waxy deposits, so maybe uh, what could, like maybe those deodorant, natural deodorants that sometimes have some, some waxes in them, uh, there are a lot of balms that have waxes in them as well. So if you're using a lot of balms on your hair and you're taking a T-shirt on and off and some of those are ending up on the collar and creating a bit of grime there, then washing soda is fantastic for giving it a good rub before you chuck it in the wash. Um, you can also use washing soda to make a DIY washing powder. Uh, if you have my book, then you'll know all about that. You can grab my book on Book Depository, Booktopia, uh, wherever you can buy good books. Lotox Life, it's called, funnily enough. Um, it's also quite good for ink stains, blood stains, tea, coffee. Uh, you can use it for actually flushing sinks and drains. So a lot of you guys will know my method of three days in a row of uh, half a cup of bicarb, one cup of uh, white vinegar, and then a um, boiling hot water chaser of a full kettle um, to clean out and refresh a drain. If you do that three days in a row, you tend to be able to do Um, you keep your drains pretty clean. You can do it with just washing soda and a full um, kettle of boiling water as a chaser as well uh, to keep our um, our drains nice and clean. Uh, It uh, is very good for tiles, bathroom ceramics. They come up beautifully uh, if they're looking a bit tired. Uh, you can also use it um, as a, a kettle descaler and descaler for your coffee machine. And there are a ton of easy recipes if you just Google those online. 
Um, and then the last thing I will share is you can use washing soda in it just, a you know, dissolved into some warm water in a bucket. You can use it for removing moss and slime from garden paths. Uh, so that is uh, a really good one from, for, um, those mossy, slimy post winter garden paths, if you wanted to do that. So that is the lowdown on washing soda. So those were the questions that I had in the, um, in the uh, FAQs in uh, Instagram stories last week. So I wanted to make sure that I answered them all. And, uh, and I hope you found the answers interesting and useful. So that is the end of show number 200. Thank you so much for joining me for this milestone show. I cannot believe we have had 200 conversations and I think I've done about 10 solo shows over the past four and a bit years. So that is 190 incredible experts in their fields brought to you guys across food, body, home, mind, and planet to inspire us all to focus wherever we might want to be focusing at that time to do a little better than we did yesterday. Uh, And I am incredibly heartened by the comments that I get from you guys, the feedback, the ideas, uh, the action you took based on having listened to someone, the books you've read because you're inspired about what, what they talked about. Uh, It is such a pleasure to show up every week and bring you this show. So here's to 200 more. Thank you so much for being a faithful listener and for sharing this show with your friends and family to help them discover the inspiring conversations that we have here every week. And I will see you for show 201 next week as we kick off our next century's worth of shows. Uh, here's to a low tox life for all lots of love to you guys. Hope everyone's doing well in their corner of the world and your families are safe and well. Remember there is so much we can do. We can come from an empowered position into this 2020 year of chaos and tumultuousness. And, uh, that inspires me every day to know that, uh, I can do that for me and my family and our health, our planet's health, and you can do that too. So I'll see you online and thanks once again for tuning in. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social on Instagram at lowtoxlife or one word, or my personal Instagram uh, at underscore Alex with two X's, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at lowtoxlife. Uh, and of course, lowtoxlife.com. And if you want additional support, and community around leading a low-tox life, I can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the Low-Tox Club for just $49 Australian per year, which is about $29.30 US, about €27 and about £25. You get a stack of club member perks and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lowtoxlife.com, hit the explore tab and you'll see join the Lowtox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.